Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I retired at the age of 41 to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. So it's just me today. I wanted to talk a little bit about my most recent trip to Africa because I'm still kind of reeling from the entire experience, but I took away such beautiful nuggets um, already that I wanted to, to share. Um, I went with my boyfriend to Tanzania. We spent two weeks in East Africa traveling through the Serengeti to Ngorogoro Crater, ending in Zanzibar, and it was just something I can't even explain. An experience that was immersive and beautiful and different in each place. Um, and a couple of moments that really shook me and made me realize how small we are as human beings and how self-important and self-indulgent we are many times because we don't have perspective. So one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give you after this trip is go see something astounding. Go see something that you couldn't imagine seeing or experiencing, something that takes you out of your comfort zone. You owe it to yourself because it also gives you some perspective on the life that you're leading here um, in our small little bubble where we worry about our taxes and the people that call us on the phone and the stress of uh, a group of emails that are waiting for us when we get home. Instead, I was immersed in this environment where life and death and birth were happening outside of my tent. So in the very beginning of my trip, we started in the Serengeti and we did something called uh, Serengeti Under Canvas where we stayed in a tent directly in the park and um, it was scary. I had a couple of moments where um, my boyfriend woke up and I was clutching my walkie-talkie to my chest, afraid that I needed to call um, the, the rangers that were with us in our security because I could hear animals outside of our tent. And so um, if you've never had the experience of knowing that there could be a lion outside your tent or hearing hyenas calling each other because you know that they freshly killed things, it's it's completely mind-blowing. Um, it turned out uh, that it's actually very safe to be on a tent in the Serengeti as long as you don't leave at night. Uh, you have to stay in your tent um, once they put you there and you stay until the morning when they tell you it's light and you can come back out again. Uh, so that was that was one of those moments where you're out of your comfort zone. You don't think about email. You don't think about bills. You don't think about anything because you are completely put in this microcosm, this ecosystem, this environment where the animals and the things that are playing out in front of you are primal and pure. I had a very hard time leaving the Serengeti. I actually cried. And it confused me as we left. I had just seen um, wildebeest, thousands of wildebeest, thousands of zebras as they made their great migration. I watched animals um, suffering. I watched them being killed. I watched uh, babies being picked off because it was also their calving seasons. And realizing that was just life. 
that was just life happening right in front of me and not being sad and not being confused, but watching the power and the danger and the respect that's happening in such a primal way. As we were leaving the Serengeti and I'm crying and I can't figure out why, I kept flashing back to our server, our butler. His name was Daniel. And every morning he would open our tent and wake us up and say, Jumbo, caribou, good morning. And he would bring us French press coffee and ginger cookies. Very fancy for the Serengeti, yes, I know. Um, But it was an experience I'll never forget. There was one night that we had been out late and um, on... uh, I guess I should say several drives. We'd been on several drives. And before we left for the second one, I said, I'm kind of tired today. Would you mind um, if we just had dinner in our tent tonight rather than creating this big, lovely meal in the the dining tent? um, Could it be delivered to our tent? And he's like, of course, of course. And we get back to our tent after a dusty drive where we'd just seen a leopard hanging from a tree. And there are all of these beautiful lanterns lighting the path from the camp to our tent. There are, there's a fire, there's two chairs with champagne and apples um, and nuts, and then behind that is this beautiful table that he set out right directly in front of our tent with crystal, and they served us a five-course meal in this beautiful setting where a Maasai warrior was our chef, and he created the most delectable, delicious vegetables. And I thought it was so fascinating because with his tribe and his 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 the the tribe of the Maasai, they primarily beef and milk. They believe that the vegetation and vegetables are for the animals. Yet he created these amazing meals for us. And I thought of this service that we received. And not necessarily that we're fancy, oh, we have these people taking care of us and waiting on us, but the heart of a servant. And it made me really take stock of the way I view my life and how I approach things. I recently made the transition from corporate America to an entrepreneur. And rather than wondering how I'm serving others, even though my intent is to touch hearts and to change lives, I find myself more worried that people are thinking that I'm making a mistake or proving people wrong or saying, look, I told you I could do it, rather than looking at everything through the heart of a servant. The gentlemen that waited on us and that took care of us, they went home to poverty. They went home to um, the homes that we saw outside of the camps um, where there was no running water, where women were washing their pots and pans in muddy, stagnant water and children didn't have shoes. And the Maasai children have just been required by the government to go to school. So conservation buses are picking up the kids and taking them quite far away from the village, but that there's no food for them to eat during the day because they can't uh, arrange for kitchens at the schools because the, the poverty is, is such a, it's so astounding and deep and the cultural influences are so astounding and deep, yet these men approach us with the hearts of servants and they created this environment that we couldn't have imagined. And I realized how spoiled I was and how entitled I am and how we look at the world and the fancy suits and the fancy shoes and we go back and forth with am I doing the right thing is it the American dream to have a beautiful house do I need to have this retirement plan in 401k what will people think and instead approaching our lives from a place of service wondering how we are creating impact daily in the lives of those we touch 
as opposed to how we're creating a lifestyle. And I think that's the one thing that I took away from that. And the one thing that struck me more than anything was that I needed to reframe the way I looked at the world because Daniel left me with impact. I was impressed and cared for and and aware of the fact that the service was from the heart of a servant, was from someone who wanted to make sure that we had an amazing experience, but who was also providing for his family. It creates a shift in you. I found myself telling Lewis, I want to help. I want to do something. I want to make known the charity that supports the schools in the area around the, the national parks. I want people to know about the ways in which they can help, how education and poverty need to be addressed in these areas. And it made me reframe the way I came back to work on Monday after we returned from Tanzania. It made me realize I need to look at the people who read my book, the people who come to workshops, and the people listening to this podcast from the place of a servant and realize it's the content that I want to move your hearts. And I need to not worry about whether or not the line is black or red or green, but instead ensure that what's Um, being created is from a place of purpose and from soul. The other thing that really struck me while we were there on our last day in Zanzibar, uh, Lewis and I decided to do a reef walk. And there's this enormous reef that actually surrounds the island of Zanzibar. And it goes quite a ways up um, towards Kenya, if I'm not mistaken. And they actually did really well because of a tsunami due to the fact that there's this huge reef that supports the island. So we decided we wanted to walk out to the end of it during low tide. And originally we had been a little bit, you know, kind of cocky, thinking that we would just get some reef shoes and walk out there. And we were told by um, our guide, no, no, you have to have a guide take you out there. So we met this gentleman named Mustafa, and he asked for us to call him Musa. And he said, I'll walk you out. Here are your reef shoes, and here are your sticks. And we kind of looked at these sticks, and I didn't understand what – I'm like, why do I need a walking stick? It's not like I'm going – up some huge hill we're just kind of wading out to the to the end of the um sand reef and he said oh you need it for your balance so I said okay and so we got to walking and it turned out it was quite a treacherous little trip um it was covered with sea urchin and eels and very very sharp coral and there is no way you can make it from the shore to the reef without having a guide and your stick when we were walking through, it was funny, Lewis started singing, what have you gotten me into? I thought we were going to spend our last day relaxing because we were walking among sea snakes and eels. And at one point in time, my foot fell through a coral kind of um, grouping. And all of a sudden, the water all around my feet turned purple. And someone screamed, she cut herself, she cut herself. And someone grabbed my arm and pulled me out. And there was just purple ink everywhere. I did not cut myself at that point. I did later. Um, The purple ink was actually a type of um, sea slug that was warning me um, because I had disturbed his nest. And it was was really interesting trying to find our way out. And I don't know that I would say that I was nervous, but I was very aware. We finally made it to the end of the reef. And as we did, our guide Musa said you're so brave and courageous most people don't make it this far and we kind of laughed and I was like are you serious and I said I figured I, I grew up in Florida so I had to do this and I would be kind of a wimp if I didn't he said no most people are very uncomfortable 
and turn halfway. You made it all the way to the end. You're very brave. You're very courageous. But on the way back, we also have to be careful because the water is starting to change and we need to make our way back very carefully and deftly. So we used our sticks and we started walking back. And at one point in time, um, there were a couple of treacherous little passes where it was very hard to get your legs through without hitting the very sharp coral. So he kept saying pole, pole, which meant slowly, slowly. And we'd use our sticks and we'd kind of lean on them as we were moving, kind of poking little areas, making sure that we weren't hitting any eels or sea snakes, just making sure that we would be cautious. And as we were making our way through, there was a woman with us. And she started leaning very heavily on her stick with both hands. And he kept saying, please be careful. Please be careful. And then Lewis did the same thing. We were trying to traverse over some coral. He was leaning very heavily but using both hands on his stick um, and, and trying to use it as a way. And, and our guide kept saying, let me take your hand. Let me take your hand. And both declined and said, oh, I've got my stick. And he stopped us and he said, you are stronger than your stick. Many people rely heavily on the things that hold them up and offer them balance, but then they break because they put too much faith into the things that provide them with comfort and balance. Please, you are stronger than your stick. And we all just kind of stood there with this expression on our face, and I don't know if he realized that he just dropped some mad knowledge, and I thought he should be a motivational speaker at that point. But how many times in life do we do that? Do we rely so heavily on the things that hold us up? We rely on whether it's meditation or prayer or God or yoga or the things of the flesh. We rely on sex and drinking and drugs and all of the things that create that balance for us. The things that are our crutches and our walking sticks, they're simply there just to offer us some leverage. And we lean too heavily on them until they break, until we fall, until we once again have to pull ourselves up and realize we were always stronger than those things. I realized that quite a bit lately. I've relied a lot on prayer and a lot on meditation to get me through some of the decisions I've had to make as I've changed careers and changed a lot of things about my life in a very short period of time. And what I realized is that I have all of the gifts and all of the knowledge and the information inside You can go about life looking for answers from God, from gurus, from books, and they can provide you with direction and they can provide you with guidance and things that help you see things differently. But at some point in time, you have to rely solely on yourself and realize all of the answers and the strength and the bravery are within you. These things you lean on are simply to offer you balance and leverage during the precarious walk to the reef. In those moments when you're looking for something beautiful, you're looking for the next chapter, you're looking to see the Indian Ocean hit the coral reef right where it seems like the end of the world meets the land. Those things are merely to get you there, and it is you who is stronger than all of the things that hold you up. There are so many other things about my trip to Africa that I'm still trying to process and get my head around. There were nights where we had over 100 buffalo outside of our room and Maasai warriors with spears had to act as our security guards. There was nights where I was very afraid. And there were other days where some of the people around us would only talk to Lewis because I was a woman and um, it's still a very patriarchal area. 
I'm still working to unwrap all of the things that I learned from my trip to Africa, but those two things that I just shared stuck with me most. And more than anything, I entered this first week back from that beautiful country, understanding that I need to lead with the heart of a servant, but also rely on the strength that's within me, not necessarily on all of the things that hold me up. I hope some of these points have been helpful. I hope that you have a wonderful week full of love, compassion, intention, and thanks for listening to me. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Living intentionally is where it's at. And if you are anything like me, you get out of bed and reach for your phone. I'd love to say that I do yoga first thing, but let's be honest, I open my eyes to news and I'm ready to counter that with my own weekly intention journey. I'm inviting you totally free from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my love notes at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation. That's right, I'm inviting you totally free to join me on this journey. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your girlfriends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them in the comments. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. If you'd like to get deep in the work with me, pick up my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.